Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday night, and that means it's time for the WWE Monday Night Raw Wrestling Inc. After Show. I'm Jack Farmer. He's Justin Labar. He's Corduroy, Jimmy Corderas, and we are coming to you from all over the world, I guess. Anyways, we've got a pro wrestling show to talk about. Before we get into it, though, I always like to ask Justin, how was Raw last week, and why were you guys so quiet? It's funny you say that. You know, I, I saw that was the the rap on the Pittsburgh crowd was that it was quiet. Which I mean, there was moments where I uh, looked around at the people I was with. I was like, all right, that's a good pop. I, was, I mean, but I guess on TV it just didn't come across. So sorry, uh, wrestling world Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> which uh, Pittsburgh, I, I you know, has tradition of being a great wrestling town. So many great moments have happened there. Guess just uh, need to turn those mics up a little bit on the crowd. But uh, no, Raw was fun. It was. Um, I know it was it was, it was a good time. It, it certainly. Uh, I went out prior to going into the arena. Went out at some of the local spots, and, and that was fun because it was always fun. But it was especially on this time because you could just kind of take that temperature of uh, of the fans, uh, many of which are viewers or listeners of this podcast. So thank you for identifying yourselves, and uh, thank you if you're watching, listening here now. Uh, it, it was, you know, it was kind of that you took the temperature, and they were like same kind of excitement like yeah man like this is it feels different now and and things are happening and, and, and people are returning and new things are happening even if that new thing is just not having rematches and you could definitely feel a, a palpable excitement uh, so that was a lot of fun um it was it was a lot of fun they're they're coming back uh, in december for a smackdown uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to occupying a friday once again uh in december with WWE. It's uh, it's always fun to get to go see shows live. It's always I feel like it always reinvigorates my fandom when I go live, and especially getting to see people who watch this show live and in person too. It's always very fun to see all that. So very cool to get to see the show. Uh, I'm sorry that the pumped in crowd noise uh, has has made me deafened to regular crowd noises, Justin. But I promised everyone I was going to ask you when you came on where the noise was, and I had to had to follow up. You know, one thing I will yeah. say, though, to try to spin real quick, and I, I, again, if they're pumping a crowd noise, you know, it is what it is, uh, and it, it definitely sucks if you're pumping it in and you can see a broad shot of the audience and then their movements mm -hmm. aren't matching the noise. I will say this, uh, having watched Clash of the Castle, and I've seen this a few other times, I, say, I even noticed at SummerSlam, one thing they're doing, and I don't know, again, if it's a Triple H directive, but something they're doing more of that I've noticed since Triple H has been in charge they are relying on more emotional crowd reaction shots, even incorporating them into the replays of saying, look at the reaction of this false finish. Look at the reaction of this finish. Look at the reaction of this crazy spot. WWE's always had cameras on the crowd, uh, but they are utilizing it even more, and they're packaging it more to like make you believe that this was a big moment, and here's the people who are showing it on their faces. That's, I mean, that, that's a, a simple brilliant move to do because this whole thing is built on emotion so that's one thing i do want to say with the crowd uh that they are showing more of and you can't fake that you can pipe in sound you're not going to have sixty thousand extras paid extras in the crowd uh looking like they're about to cry or or jump with joy in a certain moment that is true emotion mm -hmm. um yeah so i agree with all that completely we have some news though we got to get into and it's the mm -hmm. news that everybody is talking about everyone's excited about uh, everyone's chatting about and that is uh nxt uk is no more no that's not what we're <laughs> not what everyone's talking about though my heart is broken i loved nxt uk i want to talk about a press conference that went down and things got a little out of control at this thing cm punk 
uh, had some some very specific words to say. He talked about uh, Colt Cabana and their lack of a friendship at this point. Uh, they he talked about some EVPs in the back mm -hmm. he, and how they were acting like children in his words. And there's also news coming up now that there was actually a physical altercation backstage uh, that occurred with uh, a steel and CM Punk and the Jacksons and everyone else. So this is a, uh, mm -hmm. a very interesting thing. Uh, Dylan Matthews in the chat asks, so what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, Jimmy, yeah. I some people who are watching the video, I was too close to a scrum today, and I got a Band-Aid on my face from it. No, I got a mole removed. That's all that is. <laughs> uh, but, the, um, but that said, Jimmy, you've been in wrestling for a very long time. Have you seen anything like this? Uh, I've seen altercations. I was there th during the infamous Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, uh, uh, not getting along. Let's just put it that way. I was I was there and witnessed the 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 Jacques Rougeau Dynamite Kid stuff back in the day. So I have seen it happen. I, but I thought, you know, I don't want to say I think the business has passed that, but it's just I thought that they were more in control of themselves and and what i don't like about this whole situation not only the fact that the, the guys are not getting along let's put it that way and there's mm -hmm. e whether it's egos whether it's uh you know you know whatever the case may be whatever is causing this tension the fact is this is dominating the news cycle it's because the wrestling business has changed so much we see so much behind that fourth wall and behind that curtain now and it gets reported out there it has done. This has been a great weekend for wrestling, whether it's Clash at the Castle, All Out. It, it was a fun, fun weekend to be a wrestling fan. Yes, of course, you can take little things from every show and critique this little thing and critique that little thing. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it was a fun, good, great weekend to be a wrestling fan and go, hey, you know what? This is what I like. Everybody's doing well. And then instead of concentrating on this match or that match or whatever match you enjoyed the most, this is what's dominating everybody's conversation. This is what's dominating the news cycle. This is what everybody's talking about. And I'm not, I'm not putting, I, I don't blame people because this is very interesting, but it's out there. Yeah. And, and, and it just shows that uh, as much as the business grows and evolves, the little pettiness that happens behind the scenes. I don't know. I can't speak exactly to what was said or what, obviously other than the news conference stuff, but I don't mm -hmm. know said backstage. Uh, it still occurs. And it, that's the unfortunate thing. Yeah. Justin, of course, uh, Twitter is uh, going back and forth on, is this all staged? Is this real? What's going on? Uh, I personally fall in the category of if it's staged, it's not a good idea because no one cares about their show. They just did. If it's, if it's real, that's even worse. And if it's somewhere in the middle, neither of those are good. Where do you kind of fit in with all this stuff? Well, right now it's real. Uh, they better all get their asses in line and figure out a way to make some money out of it and turn it into a payoff. Otherwise, what are you doing? But yeah, to what Jimmy's point is, that's the problem. Here's your big, here's your big all out show. And, and the thing you're supposed to be taking away from it is MJF returns after what, mind you, also something that started what's it looks like as a shoot, as a real thing. And they have since been able to at least say, okay, let's, let's get something out of this. So, you know, hope 
for, you know, if you're an AEW fanatic, there's hope here that this is not, you know, this could turn into something that could benefit it. But they got to get past the personal problems first. Uh, but, but you're supposed to take away from all out that MJF is back and he's the number one contender for CM Punk, who is the new world champion. Nobody's talking about that. We're talking about CM Punk saying that the EVPs couldn't manage a target and he's cutting a promo on Cole Cabana and Cole Cabana and his mom, Marsha, had a bank account together. Like, that's the kind of crap that we're focused on today. Not just because Punk got agitated at, 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 at the notion of a question, which, by the way, it all started with the wrestling zone, Nick Hausman kind of first posing. Uh, so shout out to Nick. Not, not that Punk just slipped up and had a moment of whatever. Punk went back to it. Back, they had moved on to other questions, and he went back to cutting more promo, throwing more dirt on Colt Cabana, which, you know, whether you like Colt Cabana or don't like Colt Cabana or even know Colt Cabana, like, this poor guy's not even there, doesn't even have the platform to defend himself, and he's getting... Uh, so that, that's a whole other thing. So we have completely moved away from what's supposed to be the focus. And then, yeah, we, we hear about uh, what went on after that apparently the, 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 the punk and, and the EVPs then had a uh, an altercation after the fact. And, and how could you be surprised if they're still in the building? How could you not want them to confront him and say, what the hell? Did, why did you just go and do that with your live mic? The thing that I want to note about all this that, that kind of is bothering me. I mean, I, I, don't know, I mean, it's it bothering me, but it's kind of entertaining. It's not my problem. <laughs> the boss is sitting right next to him. Mm hmm. The entire time. And I can see at times the boss is uncomfortable. At times the boss is nodding. Maybe it's just a nervous uh, just reaction of, of he's like, oh, my God, what am I doing? But you're in this, you're standing, you're sitting there, Tony Khan, and letting this go on and go on. Yeah, Tony tried to jump in a few times and punk cut him off. No, at some point you take the mic, you tell the sound guys to cut the mic. You say, okay, guys, we're going we're, we're gonna to be done with Punk. No more questions. We have many more talent to bring in. You do whatever when you realize that this train is going off the tracks. It didn't take long to see this train was off the tracks. Because Tony Khan's sitting there allowing this to happen. This isn't like Punk came onto a podcast or went onto a talk show and went rogue and nothing could be done. It's not like Tony Khan hears about it after the fact. Tony Khan is sitting there in the same frame, in the same camera frame, listening to this, allowing it to happen, and rightly or wrongly fairly or unfairly the reality of that imagery is the boss is sitting there allowing him to continue to shoot on the microphone that brings a subtext of the boss either endorses what he's saying or doesn't have enough boss balls to step in either way or both is a huge problem you make some strong points there justin it's I think my only defense in Tony Khan there is there's the double-edged sword of I like to let my talent say whatever they want, but sometimes they say stuff that they probably shouldn't be saying. Uh, and Jimmy, is there? did he put himself kind of in a uh, conundrum there where if he's quote-unquote censoring CM Punk from saying something, he's now the big evil boss he said he'd never be, but mm -hmm. if he doesn't say something, then he's, like Justin says, kind of endorsing what's being said. Yeah, it's like letting the inmates run the asylum, so to speak. And and unfortunately, that seems to be what happens at times over there, at least from a perception standpoint. I can't speak to it directly, but uh, I have spoken to people who have uh, kind of eluded that to me. And uh, again, not not a, a, a witness to it personally. Um, 
but it, so at some point when you're the boss, you have to let everybody know that, hey, I'm very easygoing. I am very approachable. I am willing to listen to whatever you got to say, but you have to be professional. This is that's it's professional wrestling. So you have to act professional at times. Look, you know, and a lot of finger pointing going on and how this thing started. Well, the question, like as Justin uh, mentioned, that uh, that our own Nick Hausman, you know, that troublemaker. Who, that troublemaker boy posed that question. Well, you know what? And everybody says, well, you know, there's the, the, um, the, the journalist guy trying to get his name out there. No, he was posing a question that's been out there for people. And, you know, obviously that audience, that AEW audience does cater to that hardcore diehard audience that reads that stuff. So he posed the question and all Punk had to do was be an adult and say, you know what? We're here to talk about All Out. We had a great night of wrestling. I'm the new unified champion. You know, there will be time maybe later on sometime to talk about that, but that's not what we're here for tonight. That's all I had to say. Be an right. adult. Be professional about it. Right. Jimmy, didn't it feel like that Punk was waiting for the opportunity to be given a reason to talk about Colt Cabana on a, on a, on a live mic? And, to, and to, I mean, you know, the, the pleasure he got out of saying, you know, here's, here's a quote, I paid his bills until I didn't. Like... It, it, it felt like he was waiting for the chance to get asked it and that he had this just ready to go and he was just waiting. He, he couldn't bring it up himself. Right. That would be too obvious. But the moment that Nick, who Nick is, of course, a Chicago uh, resident and, and, and Nick uh, has worked with Punk and Colt in different capacities. So, so, like, you know, it's like the perfect little scenario for Punk to use that as, like, it, it, that's what it felt like. Is, 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 is Punk didn't care about uh, setting up for the business that is – to be coming up with he and MJF, presumably, he was just ready to go off and cut a promo on a on a guy who he obviously has a very bad relationship with now, who he once had a maybe better relationship with, and mm -hmm. could just kick dirt in his face, and the guy can't isn't around to defend himself. It, it feels very much like exactly how you said it. He was waiting for that opportunity to go off, and 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 like you said, you know, he you know they would divert away from that subject, and then he kept coming back to it. So. Obviously, he was waiting for in what was in his mind the right time to to spew all this, and he got his chance to do it. And you know, uh, let's let's put it this way: Punk is not a guy who's going to shy away from saying what's on his mind, especially if you give him the opportunity. And I think uh, he felt that he wasn't going to be challenged by the boss out there, so maybe he thought he can get away with saying it. Who knows? And uh, you know, I don't know Tony Khan. I can't speak for him personally, but he he needed, in my opinion, he needed to step up in that moment and be the boss. Yeah, it's definitely, especially after you hear that they had a big talent meeting, I feel like maybe they need to go have another talent meeting. I don't know what the next steps are here, but uh, Peter in the chat, a friend of the show, Peter, uh, all Punk did was give the crowd a reason to chant for Colt Cabana even more now Every time he comes out moving forward, uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise uh, me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and then, uh, Dustin, uh, EK in the chat also has, before we get going, love that Pat stay reference. Corey Graves said on raw, didn't know he's a hip hop head. For those who don't know, Pat stay rest in peace was a battle rapper that died yesterday the day after he made a diss track to the game for Eminem. Mm. Wow. I can tell you Corey Graves is a huge music head. He is yeah. deep in, into all genres of music, so not, yeah. not surprised he, he pulled mm. that. Very cool. It's always cool when they have uh, they when commentators are able to pull 
cool references like that. Mm. Um, keeps things interesting, keeps things yeah. new. Yeah, one of the things I do like too is uh, they now tend to mention the referees' names, which they have names, right? Yes, they have names. That's Sean, right. Sean, Sean Bennett name dropped at, at Clash. Look, look at that. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's no, it's it's it's. I don't know why they took away from that in in the first place, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, you know what else is what it is? Our mm -hmm. sponsor, the people who are paying us to be here today. The sponsor is HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? I'm sure you're all asking. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Have a pack scheduled this fall. HelloFresh has meals covered with a weekly selection of 30-plus recipes and 70-plus convenience items all delivered to your door. Now more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save money. In fact, HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout and is even cheaper than grocery shopping too. That is the actual crazy thing here, Jimmy, is that not only is it cheaper than going yeah. out, it's cheaper than going to the grocery store, but delivered right to my door. Absolutely. I've had it delivered to my door and me and my wife have fun put, putting things together and, 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 and make it. And it's the bottom line is it's really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm not just saying, cause they're, you know, a sponsor for the show. I, the, I'm, I'm speaking from the heart here when I say, Great stuff, and especially for someone like me too, who likes you know, who's gone from the the ring to the kitchen. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. New, no, go for it. Justin. No, I was just gonna say I had a new package, uh, new delivery this past weekend. Uh, it was great. Uh, I turned to the kids. The kids, guess what we're having? I pulled out the three cards of the three <laughs> meals that were delivered, and firecracker meatballs it was. And uh, you know, it's just yeah, it's just, they have so much. And again, if you're, um, you know. No matter what it is, whether you want, uh, if you want more meat, if you want more seafood, you know, Mediterranean, if you want more veggie, like they, they can, you can literally just kind of curate your, uh, your menu for whatever it is. And they'll tell you uh, the way it works. They'll say, hey, look, here's the three meals we're going to send you. You have the ability to say, no, I don't want that one. And you can substitute it. Like, so you can do it before the, the order ships. Uh, so you can have control of it. Or if you like to do a little bit of roulette and just let them surprise you, you can do that too. I like to mix it. I usually like to make sure that I pick one or two meals for sure that i know that i want or that i feel like i can make or i want to challenge myself and I let the third one be the complete random I, let, I just let them surprise me and that's kind of the fun so it, it's it's and it shows up in great packaging everything is kept nice and, and fresh and, and and the way it should be it's in and all the ingredients like i said before even if there's been a meal that's kind of blown up that like i'm not going to make the meal as it's as it's uh designed the i still we still say the ingredients because we've been able to use the ingredients for other things and the ingredients are fresh and they're good. And, and like you said, Jack, it's cheaper than having to, you know, to pull up the app and have something delivered to you with all the crazy ass fees that are associated to that. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. I say go to hellofresh.com slash INC16 and use code INC16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. That is go to hellofresh.com slash INC16 and use code INC16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Uh, we had some chit chat in the chat. Stellar Justin Lopez, friend of the show, says, 
it's not show it's not show friends it's show business tk tries too hard to be everyone's friend instead of boss he doesn't realize this thing this things will get that things will get worse is what still justin lopez is saying it's you know it's uh the potential is there yeah and i think the other thing is like right now with aew is you know the the new car smell is certainly gone right uh, now everything is not as rosy and perfect, which we always knew it never was. I mean, and this is not new. I mean, there, there's all, I mean, and just the nature of a workplace environment in general, but just wrestling, you know, you're going to have disagreements. You're going to have whatever. It seems like it's all at a boiling point now. It seems like it's all, it's all, you know, being leaked and coming out now. Also doesn't help that they aren't the new cool kids on the block that are more desirable to work for because they're the cool alternative. Now all of a sudden WWE has got a little pep in their step and, and, and you know, so there's two things. One, it's the one that, Tony has to be careful with is that now that WWE has got a little bit more, maybe looks maybe a little bit more desirable in terms of culture and, and, and creative refreshing. Something that Tony has to remember is that to the talent that is really worth keeping, he's got a lot of talent on roster. Some of the talent aren't worth the contract they have. They just aren't. I'm not going to name names. Mm -hmm. They just aren't Mm -hmm. the talent that are worth keeping all of those talent. None of them grew up watching AEW. None of them grew up dreaming about main eventing and all out. They all grew up watching WWE. They all grew up dreaming about main eventing at WrestleMania. That's a leverage that his, that, that WWE has for historic purposes. That they have that that they have that established thing of this is what you wanted to be when you were a kid. It not, doesn't mean that everybody's going to leave AEW at the chance they have, mm-hmm. but it is something that all of a sudden now, where it's like things seem a little bit more positive over in Stanford. It's something you have to contend with when contracts come up. It's a negotiation problem. The other thing that Tony has to kind of – the thing we have to keep in mind here is that, like, what's the accountability? You know, WWE has the accountability. They're a publicly traded company. They have to report their earnings every quarter. You know, they, the, the, all the, everything is public in, in, to some degree. It's not the same case with AEW. But at some point, at some point, there has to be an accountability. Like, after so many years, you know – has Tony Khan made more money than he spent? We don't know. Does his father say, what is this? Is this like, I think there's an accountability. So going back to the super chat of uh, it's not show friends, it's show business. I think that's going to come more into play whenever the accountability measures come more into play. And I think the, probably the next accountability is going to be what's the next TV deal that I can get. And then obviously with the merger that's going on with, you know, like that's going to be, where's the accountability of, okay, your inmates are running the asylum. Now you're going to be held accountable. That's that's when I think it, the rubber is going to meet the road. It hasn't happened yet, but that's when it's going to happen. If it happens, yeah, will we'll be interesting to see uh, a place where I know that no one has any control. No one can control the the people. No one can control the voices. Is right here in the Wrestling Inc. chat. Thank you guys so much for being here. Whether it be George Bartley, Jakey Bakey, Dylan Matthews in the chat, Jacks as well. Peter, of course, I-407. I'm from Bellwood Legit Heat Wrestling Show. There's a shout-out. Doc P, Casey J, uh, and many, many more. Thank you all for being in the chat. And if you're watching this later, leave a comment. Subscribe, five-star review. If you are in the uh, iPod sphere, leave us a review there. That's always appreciated as well. Uh, Before we get going, though, Brandon Hall in the chat uh, had one more comment there. says, Uh, Right or wrong, Punk is human, and he had just that, a human moment. He obviously has had enough of these questions or this particular question, so he responded in kind. Lots of people are wrong in that moment. Um, 
Well, uh, I, I get his point entirely, but at the same time, you, again, you're trying to promote your business. You're not trying to uh, look, I, I get it. He, I don't know how much he's talked about it and with whom, and I'm sure people have been asking him about it uh, wherever he goes and if he, you know, gets recognized and getting his little donuts or whatever the, the case may be, or his coffee. Uh, but at the same time, look at the surroundings, look where you are. And like Justin said, you have your boss sitting right beside you. And when you think you can just overstep boundaries like that for the company, uh, it, it just didn't, the company itself didn't come off looking good afterwards. Yeah. Brandon, this isn't a moment of human error and fault. This guy, <laughs> at some point you own your reputation. This has followed this guy. Somebody, yeah. somebody very high up in the wrestling business. That, like, I'm of course I'm not going to name drop, but I'm I'm making this point here. Somebody said to me about this time last year when Punk showed up at AW. They said I give him a year, and the locker room is going to be as divided as it's ever been. And damn, that train is right on schedule. <laughs> wow. And, and and that somebody is somebody who has worked with. Like it, it's it's just I don't. It's not that I'm I'm not. You don't wish for it. I want AEW to still, you know, I still want it to be a viable workplace for the guys and girls there. I still want it to be something that makes WWE work harder. And I want it to be something that on Wednesday nights when Jimmy and I are on here that we have fun talking about. I don't want it. I don't want it to turn into like WCW 2000. I like, it, but it just let's just call, let's just call it what it is here. And this guy, this type of drama seems to follow him. It seems like it's a pattern of, he gets to a point where he's he's high enough on the card where he's valuable enough to a company. So then he leverages it to where he makes the locker room either be they're on his side or he's they're against him. There's no middle ground. And that's a, that that is not a leadership. That is that, yeah. that is and and he and he was able to start to do it when he worked for one of the most stubborn alpha males in the history of of, of humanity in Vince Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He's right. doing it now with a guy, no disrespect, who is a, a new promoter who does not have the experience uh, that, 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 that Vince and company did. And, and who, you know, I'm, I'm sure Tony's trying to navigate this as best he can, but just doesn't have the experience. And, and never mind if he has the alpha trait. So this is just. Yeah. yeah. Brandon, Brandon, I disagree with your comment. This yeah. is not just a, oh, he had a bad night on the microphone. He had a bad night live on the microphone. That ain't it. No. And, and not only, not only talking about the boss, T, Tony Khan, in every locker room, there is a locker room leader that the guys, like, let me put it this way. When I was there on SmackDown, when the brand extension uh, was actually a brand extension, where you, <laughs> you know, the old days, <laughs> yeah, the, the good old days, our, our man was the undertaker. Undertaker was our guy. And it wasn't because he chose to be the guy, the locker room chose him as our leader. Mm-hmm. It was it, it was the most respected guy in the locker room, and and when people had an issue, they went and talked to him. You know what I mean? And it, it, you know, I don't know if there is such a thing right now in in AEW. I don't know if there is a Taker or a Triple H or somebody like that that you can go to, or a Brett or someone you can go to and get advice from like that. And or even if they bothered to, to ask. You know, this live press conference thing. Obviously, Triple H did it in NXT, and it looks like he's going to do it now. He did it mm-hmm. after a, cl- a clash. So that's kind of cool. Uh, so it looks like the press conference thing might be happening more now at WWE too, but obviously it never happened. And when Punk was in WWE, that never happened. There was never no live press conference. <laughs> Could you imagine, Jimmy, 
Punk having a press conference like a, a press conference like this in WWE, and like I get to see like Taker down the hall, seeing this, hearing this, mm-hmm. somebody pulling their phone up saying, "Are you gonna?" Like I get to yeah. see him stomping down the hall, and like if Vince or somebody else is gonna stop us, I'm gonna walk in and <laughs> stop yeah. this. Yeah, uh, the 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 only thing is you may get the you may hear the gong during the uh, the, the during the press conference tirade. That's yeah. the only thing. I would lose my mind. It would be so great, <laughs> even even if it was all part of the plan. I'd be like, the gong always pops me. I don't care. Uh, we do have a couple more. Uh, this is clearly the hot button topic. James uh, in the chat asks, but the EVPs working against their company interest? Question mark. But that's according to Punk's version of it, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. I, yeah. I and so so punk is call, so punk called out the the Bucks and, and Kenny, basically accusing them of leaking stuff to the wrestling media to you know paint punk in the bad light and to get to get to get people chanting cold or whatever. Like that's punk's version of it. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, we, we, it hasn't been proved that. Also, I'm I'm not I'm not defend. I'm just saying. I'm trying to look at this. If if the EVPs who have been there from the start are saying, look, this guy is just not good for this locker room or he's not worth the investment, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but then all of a sudden their mindset is, what, 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 again, it's not right, but I, I can see that their mindset is we got to get rid of this guy or we got we, we to gotta work to yeah. shift the balance of power. So, I, I, and again, I'm not saying it's right, I'm, but – I just think that you know we're looking at if, if 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 you know Punk is just a talent, but if they're EVPs, if they are talent and also have an office position, and this is bigger, you know, even if when they retire from being Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks as talent, if they're supposed to still continue on as suits, you know, and they see this guy who's cancering or poisoning the locker room mm-hmm. or the culture, it's a different perspective. Again, I'm not defending whatever they did or did not do that Punk's accusing them of, but I think I think we have to just keep in mind the perspectives that are going around here. James continues and and says calling out punk without calling the EVPs is dumb. Uh, I'll I'll say this, James, the reason the discussion is so much on punk and not about the EVPs is the EVPs weren't the ones that said anything at the the scrum. So uh, for anything they may have done, it's speculation, but I know for a fact what CM Punk said, because he said it at the the scrum and that's Mm -hmm. why he's the one that is being talked about in this situation. Exactly. Mundo. Um, if, if, if it had been Paige who was out there, maybe we're talking about Paige right now, but it was, uh, it was CM Punk in that case. So that's why he gets this up. Uh, talk about who is in charge in the locker room leader. Kelvin says the buck stops with one person, Tony Khan, Jimmy, do you think that's fair? Or do, do you need one of, you know, for lack of a better term, one of the boys to be the locker room leader? Um, there needs to be someone there who is the senior guy that the, that the talent can go to when they need something who almost like a go between if they don't feel comfortable going to Tony Khan, but it was different in WWE because Vince, although he was more approachable than people claim or seem to think he was, I mean, there were even times where I could, uh, uh, you know, Mr. McMahon, can I talk to you for a second when you got it? So said, yeah, catch me in about 10 minutes or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, there was there, there doesn't seem to be that person there. They've got guys there like like the Arn Andersons. They've got Dustin. They've got you know Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. And and 
who could beat up everybody if he wanted to. Well, mm-hmm. Still looks fantastic. I'm so yeah. Let, let 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 Punk take a swing at Billy Gunn. He right. made Keith Lee look small and all out. I don't know. Sorry, not to yeah. take making it all out show, but when they stood next to him, I was like. I, yeah. I think Billy Gunn scales to whoever he's standing next to. I think if Billy right. Gunn stood next to Omos, he would be seven foot five. Because <laughs> he, he he just scales to whoever he's next to to always be bigger than them. He's always been deceptively huge. Um, and because back then in the WWE, there were a lot of big guys. So right. that's why it, it didn't feel that way. Now that you see him out there and you go, my goodness. Well, uh, we do have a few other uh, comments here. Uh, Z1, or actually Peter says, the scrum should be more of what Nick asked and Punk responded than worked questions from AJ Awesome and Izzy asking about a scripted match. Um, I think well, there's stuff to work there, but what do, you th- what do you think, Justin, about the scrums? Well, you know, I mean, I've been part of these before, uh, more on the WWE side. It, like the, the, the scrums aren't there to like <laughs> to have a volcano of what this has become. They are there to, you know, you can to try to get a little bit of real to try to get, you know, of, of give a little bit of clarity to like, was this person actually injured? Was this the actual storyline direction? Like as much as the talent or bookers willing to, to, to evolve, but it is also there to just like carry on the story and carry, you know, it's it, like the, these things are never meant again to go on a tirade of however many minutes and talk about a, a previous lawsuit. Like that's just not what this. In hindsight, I, I'm Tony Khan. Maybe you should even be thinking maybe Punk shouldn't have been even doing this. Mm-hmm. For I don't know, but, but yeah. I, I've been part of these. You, you you know you're 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 allowed to ask what you want to ask. It's not like you're told you can't ask this. You can ask what you want to ask, but part of it is you don't. If you get one bullet. If they're going to go to you once and you get one bullet to fire, you're not going to waste your bullet on something that either is you're not going to waste your bullet on something that's going to be just completely dismissed. Um, right. You know, p- perfect example or not perfect, but just general example. Every 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 so many months when Triple H would do his NXT conference calls, I would always be on those. I'd always promote on Twitter that I was going to do them and I'd live tweet them. Inevitably, there would be a million yahoos on Twitter that are like, ask him this. And it would always be the most salacious stuff like. Ask him why Vince is screwing up this with Raw. Blah, blah, blah. And, and it's like, wh- why am I going to fire my one bullet on that? Because, okay, I asked him exactly how you worded it. Triple H is going to obviously just def- he's going to mm-hmm. just deflect around that question. Look at me like, Justin, you're an idiot. Why did you just waste the time asking me something like this? And then he's going to move on. You're not going to get an answer out of it. You know that I mean I give again I, I kind of give props to Nick who Nick's there knowing Punk is kind of Punk and Nick just kind of started I don't even think Nick actually got to phrase it as a question Nick started talking and Punk just kind of interrupted him mm-hmm. like I, I give credit to Nick of, of of he had a chance to fire a bullet and he fired a bullet mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah so but yeah I, I did uh, I've asked my friends once if they had like what questions should I ask this person and I was like okay I never mind I'm never asking my friends again what <laughs> questions I should ask them uh but Z1 last comment says uh I wish Cody could speak about this issue oh I bet he has his thoughts mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. he has his maybe uh, maybe one day maybe one day when he releases the book what uh what about say what a documentary that's going to be oh my goodness <laughs> I'm sure the truth will all come out one way or the other. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about this show. We're 35 minutes in already. What show? What uh, show? 
the, the about, AEW scrum. So next I thought we were, have, we're only talking about the press conference, right? So, so next, Swerve and Keith Lee come out. No, uh, we have. Uh, let's talk about this Raw show. Um, Edge comes out and he's telling stories of Dom growing up before he says he wants to beat him up. Ray mm-hmm. comes out. He's like, "Look, man, just be cool." He's like, "Nope, I'm gonna beat up your son. Get mm-hmm. out here." So Rhea comes out and she says she made Dom a man. Ray's like, you know what? I'm leaving this. I'm not having anything to do with it. So Judgment Day attacks Edge. And when Ray tries to help, it's Dom that stops him. And when they're done, they leave Ray to pick up the pieces of Edge. Later in the night, Ray challenges either Finn or Damien. Mm-hmm. Justin, when the idea of Dom leaving Ray got into all of our heads. Was this what you envisioned? And are you kind of happy with the way this is going? I'm good with it. I'm, I'm actually, again, I'm, I'm glad that it was inevitable that it was going to happen. I think, you know, I think, uh, he, you know, Ray's negotiation even being around was, okay, Dom's going to get t- TV time and, and, and a roster spot. And, and then eventually that's just the obvious way you go is you have uh, father for son, probably the first father for son, you know, his first tag team championship probably the first father-son uh, mania match eventually mm-hmm. um i'm glad that it didn't happen prior um because i feel like if it would have been happened if it would have happened prior it it may have may have been a watered down version i'm kind of based on what i'm trying to say is i'm glad that it didn't happen and that now again under this new creative direction it's being handled with a little bit more long-term uh perspective mm-hmm. and uh, i i liked how this went you know you have edge coming out who is putting perspective of in real perspective too not just manufactured he you know he's known dom since he was five you know all these things that are real life and uh, if you just watch the documentaries on, on a and e you know it uh and he's saying i'm not looking at you as my nephew i'm looking at you as a wb superstar you're, you're gonna pay a man's price for playing a man's game that ma- in those words it made dominic matter more he's not just the little kid he's not just raised little boy now he's a man who's gonna have to answer to edge and then yeah Rhea coming out uh, there's weeks of TV of Rhea making a man out of Dominic if we want to go that route. <laughs> uh, I liked all this. I mean, Dominic, even with the hair slicked back, and he, he looked nervous, but I'm not going to nitpick to that. He, he looked like he was trying to embrace his heel side of him. Hopefully that comes a time. But overall, I thought this was a good opening segment. Yeah, it, it did what it needed to do, which was Dominic Mysterio is somebody we need to pay attention to. He's the new heel uh, member <laughs> of Judgment Day. And I love what you said about Edge and, and say the thing about, you know, pay a man's price because we always talk about promos and good promos just being zingers and like one liners and things. But those little things like you just mentioned, Justin, have so much more impact. I don't think a lot of people heard that and were like, this was great. But you're right. It set the stage of who the characters in this next chapter of the story are. And right. it's it's so powerful, I think. But but Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Do you do you buy Dom as a member of Judgment Day? Uh, after tonight, yes, absolutely, I do because he looked the part. He and and it, you got to put a lot of credit to Edge too. Edge was very instrumental, like Justin said, elevating Dominic in that heel persona. And you can hear from the crowd; the crowd was actually booing Dominic. And you know, it, that's sometimes you know you get that that crowd that wants to be kind of cool saying, Hey, you know what? There were times where my dad, I wanted to like, uh, you, whatever, you know, so mm-hmm. not, not me being Greek dad, but you know, my dad yeah. was, uh, was, uh, was awesome. But you know what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But uh, after tonight, I think like Justin said, with his words, edge elevated him, especially the big part, like you said, 
I'm not treating him like a, a kid. I'm as my friend's kid. I'm treating him like a WWE superstar. I'm treating him like a man. He's old enough to drive. He's old enough to go to bars. He's old enough to do, uh, you know, adult things. I'm going to treat him like an adult and I'm going to beat his adult ass. Yes. I was, I was trying to think about that in any context outside of pro wrestling. Like if your friend's like, nope, I'm going to beat up your kid. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a funny, uh, funny but thing I, you take for granted in pro wrestling. Yeah. Right? That makes sense. But in real life, you're like, wait, no, you can't just beat up my son. And I, and I love the fact that Ray is conflicted. Yes, he loves his son. He doesn't want to see this happen to his son. But also, you know, he, he explained how close he is with Edge over the years and, and their friendship as well. And how it's, you know, tearing at him inside and i like it, it, it it's it's so far so good yeah and i like that they are promoting next week on raw mm-hmm. edge versus dom this good this is again going back to as i'm praising the new direction of things have a plan just know where you want to go for the next few weeks and now we can now i can walk away from raw tonight going all right this whole dom and judgment day was a pretty common thread through three hours mm-hmm. And I have something to look forward to next week. Some some level of payoff. He's going to go one on one with Edge. Mm-hmm. Like I have a match to look forward to next week. Just that, that's that's so good. It's so damn simple, but it's it goes a long way. Knowing where you're going to write to for the next week, and I can look forward to that. And it's uh yeah, and it's it's interesting. It's part of the story. It's not just a random match, but it's actually like oh, this is part of something that's been happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had speaking of stuff that's happened, and we had a fatal four way for the number one contendership of the tag team championships the New Day versus the Alpha Academy versus Los Lotharios versus the Street Profits. It's all good, but then Gable's about to win when Braun Strowman comes back and he destroys everybody. Uh, later in the night, Braun says he'll explain everything and to watch out on SmackDown. Jimmy, did this. Mm kind of did this make the tag team division look lame i i don't think it made i don't want to say it made the tag team division look lame i'm just trying to find out why this would be the spot for braun Strowman to come in and interrupt things and destroy everybody yes he he said the monster is back and definitely showed that but why in this particular case when when braun Strowman is a a, a singles guy it's, it's he's not part of a stable he's not part of a team nicholas is out there somewhere still well Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's <laughs> up there somewhere, but we haven't seen him yet. But he comes out and he destroys the tag teams in, in a match that actually meant something. You know, it, it, I, I didn't understand the reasoning for it. And if I could nitpick, there's something I had to nitpick about uh, during the match itself, too, was yeah. when when uh, the both members of the New Day got tagged in and they were in there facing each other. Yeah, that made absolutely zero sense to me because I'm saying, Okay, so if they're both legal, why wouldn't the one guy lie down and let him pin him? But then again, when he went for the pin, that means New Day would have won and also lost. Right. So how does that make any kind of sense as well, too? So to me, there was a few things in this four-way tag that didn't make sense. But the big thing you're talking about, Braun Strowman, why did he pick this time to come out and destroy the world? Yeah, I think that Chad Gable was robbed. They should be the tag team number one contenders. They had that match won, but Justin... Mm -hmm. Braun Strowman is back. Are you pumped? Are you are you just a little toy choo choo, or are you a steaming locomotive of excitement? Well, I'm very excited. I, I I was a I was a fan of Braun from maybe prior to that. A lot of people uh, were fans of Braun. This is a guy who you know he had no NXT TV matches. He had uh, just a couple live events in Florida uh, before they made him part of the Wyatt family. 
this guy has maybe one of the f- fastest learning curves in the modern day and has not flaked out. You know, he, when he was with them, he, you know, he developed, he, he had, he developed, he had lightning in a bottle. The, he should have beat Brock at a certain time and they didn't pull the trigger on him. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. Uh, I'm glad to see him back. He's in phenomenal shape. Uh, Jimmy's points are all valid. Uh, I, I guess my counter to Jimmy is just going to be, I think the, the, the thought might've been, how can we get the most bodies out there organically so he can destroy them? Let's have a fatal four tag thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't think it's so much burying the tag division. I don't think, I don't think that's the plan. It was just how, you know, how do we get bodies out there? Well, tags make two, two for every team and whatever. So I think that's what they were doing. Uh, a lot of it will be follow up on SmackDown. Let's hear why, you know, what's his purpose? What's, it, what's his motivation? You know, I assume his motivation is he wants to come back and be world champion, which it makes that interesting because there's only one world champion and, you know, that's Roman and, and Theory's got a briefcase. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people kind of gunning for a world champion. And are we going to go back to two world champions? So uh, I'm really going to hang on to Friday and see what he says. But the fact that he came out, he looked, he looked like a million bucks. Having not been there for over a year, the fans were ch- organically chanting, you know, get these hands. Um, it's a f- they, they remembered who he was. They reacted. There was no piped in sound. They clearly reacted to him. So that's all a good sign. Um, I, I, he passes the airport test, man. He, he smells. Mm-hmm. He smells and looks like a dude that you're going to stop and go, who is that? Um, so. I uh, and for the record, I don't. I think the tag team division is fine. I just have to ask the questions that I know the people in the chat may be saying. That's all it is. I agree with you guys. I think it was fine, and I think Braun Strowman being back is great. I had the chance to chat with him a couple times, and he is a delightful fellow, by the way. So uh, I am rooting for him because he was very nice whenever I chatted with him. I, if I could interrupt real quick, I, I love that. I love that Justin brings up the airport test thing because uh, I actually passed that one time, but by accident. Because uh, if if you got a minute for a quick story here, yeah, go I, for I, it. I, I don't remember. I don't know if you guys remember the time where China was battling Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, they had their match on television and. Uh, uh, it was controversy, to, and neither one of them took the Intercontinental Championship with them to go to the house shows that we were going to, we were flying to the next day. So I got volunteered to bring the Intercontinental Championship with me. So we're traveling through the airport, and Tony Chibble looks at me and goes, you don't have the you don't have the balls to put that thing on and walk through the airport. Well, what am I going to do? So here right. I do. I put on the Intercontinental Championship, and I'm walking through the airport, and people are going... Hey, what the, oh my goodness, look, it says intercontinental, the intercontinental chat, wait a minute, I don't reckon, you know, wait, you know, people are, you know, noticing the belt, but trying to figure out who I am, but at the same time, uh, at least I got noticed. Was it over your shoulder or, or around your waist? <laughs> no, I put it around my waist, the, he, he dared me to put it on, like, you know, strap it on, I strapped it on. I thought you were going to say you wore it like uh, Bubba Ray around your, your head. Oh, I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> Uh, we have a uh... Jimmy, Jimmy looked like a guy walking through Walmart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but only difference was with the real I, one. With the real one. Yes. <laughs> As people say, that looks so fake. Who's that guy? It's the real. I've one. had a I've had a famous story that I've told on this podcast before a long time ago, where I I, I was in a Walmart or a Target, mm-hmm. Target, which the EVPs of AEW cannot run. I, I was in one of the two, and 
some, you know, some, you know, some random is just walking around with a replica title over their shoulder. And I just looked at them with as dry of a wit as I could and went, Oh, who'd you beat? <laughs> just to uh, see what the reaction was. It's oh, the, um, yeah, uh, we got, we got a tag team, another tag team match after mm-hmm. this one, by the way, Raquel Rodriguez, uh, and Aaliyah defend their titles against Nikki A.S.H., Champs get a good retention. That's great. Uh, Nikki Dewdrop. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I, I hate to interrupt you, but in commentary, they didn't say it was a title match. They said oh. that if Nick, Nikki and Dewdrop could defeat the champs, they would probably earn a future title match. Oh, well. Yeah. I'm that's just, no fun. No. Doesn't really matter, I guess. Yeah. So they why lost. have the match? They lost. So. Uh, well, Jimmy, I guess that's my point. Is I, I want to ask: Is uh, Nikki Ash and Dewdrop? They've kind of become the punching bags of this of women's tag team wrestling. I guess you could say that. But the other issue I have is non-title matches where you have to beat the champs in order to get a shot at the champs. When you beat the champs, you should be the champs. What is when did that things? start? Uh, non-title matches have been around for a long time, but they've been they haven't been used in that way in the past where you had to beat the champ to get a shot at the champ. You know what I'm saying? It was just, you know, a random non-title match where the title wasn't on the line. And then it eventually led to something further down the line. It was an angle. Right. Now they're doing these, Oh, you got to beat the champ in order to get a shot at the champ. That just makes no sense to me. That grinds my gears. Nobody ever, nobody ever, nobody ever boxed Tyson non-title to then get a match with Tyson. Yeah, you only want one match with them, anyways. One right. fight with them, yeah. <laughs> so, Justin, now there's been some. If you're paying attention backstage, there's been some some teasing that there might be some issues between Dewdrop and Ash. Mm-hmm. Um, like they may be splitting up, but also I think it's good. Raquel and Aaliyah got to win. Any takeaways from this segment? Yeah, not much. I mean, I, I I'm a fan of Raquel. I'm a fan of Aaliyah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a fan of Nikki and, and Dewdrop. I, I you know I I like them to share the Dewdrop experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but Nikki, same thing. Nikki Nikki is Nikki is one of those ones too that if they wanted to, um, she could be. I'm not saying strap the, the title to her, but Nikki would be great in their PR. Like she she's one that you can saddle the. Have her go to the schools. Have her have her go to the hospital. She she's a real positive person with a great story. Uh, if they wanted to, if they wanted to jump on it, I think she's she's valuable. So I I'd like them I'd like them to explore that versus this Nikki Ash, which we've given it a chance. We tried. Mm-hmm. We're done. Justin, I'm going to ask you the hardest question of the night. You could change Dewdrop back to Piper Niven, or you could change Nikki Ash back to Nikki Cross, but you can only choose one of them, and the other one is stuck with that name and that gimmick for all of time. Which one do you save? Yeah, that's easy. You, you change Dewdrop to Piper. Dewdrops. Dewdrop sounds like something a bunch of rednecks in a in a, in a dive bar would have said they just did in the in the, in the porta potty. You got to give her some credibility back and 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 give her her name nikki nikki almost a superhero you can parlay that into again what i'm talking about in the 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 courageous keep fighting baby face thing uh she doesn't have to be dressing as a superhero but you could if i had to keep the name the same if if i was 
locked in on some money and some patent. You could still call her Nikki A.S.H., but still present her differently, and I could take it seriously. I, there's no, there's no more to present. Dewdrop. I just did a dewdrop. Like no, give her back to Piper Niven. I thought dewdrop was a fancy drink at a at a bar, right? That, that you get made fun of for ordering. But... Right, it, it, but that's what I mean. There's there's no you got to drop the dew. Nikki Ash could survive. Dewdrop cannot. Interesting. So speaking of not surviving, Jimmy, uh, later in the night, uh, Austin Theory comes out and he's trying to talk to a busted up jaw. Kevin Owens helps him out, though, does some talking of his own. We get ourselves a multi-segment match and Kevin Owens gets a clean, strong win. Mm. His stock continues to rise. Theory's stock continues to fall. Uh, it feels like it feels like they're getting Kevin Owens ready for something big, though, Jimmy. Yeah, it almost seems that way, especially against the chosen one, Austin Theory, who got his first name back as well. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that uh, Kevin Owens actually uh, mentioned that as well. You know, it, 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 it's been fun. Kevin Owens is a gem. He, you get whatever you give him, he will hit a home run with. It just mm-hmm. feels that way right now. And he is on a roll. He's on a good roll, and I think he's a good choice to put on that role. Uh, whether, not sure how far he's going to go up that ladder but he should be one of the top players in the game especially for that company because he can talk he can go in the ring he's he's multifaceted and whatever role you put him in he will make it work justin are they making are they doing some long-term damage to theory having him lose over and over again um while being the guy holding that briefcase Uh, no because Holding that briefcase is advantageous if you're a heel, right? Mm-hmm. It's a license of steel. It makes that it, it almost makes the dastardly cash in that much more. You know, it, if you're down, if you're winning a whole lot and then you cash in, well, just kind of like, well, that guy was probably pretty deserving to be a champion. <laughs> it it kind of, you know what I mean? It kind of fits to be. That's a good point. You know what I mean? It, 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 I never like it when baby faces win the money in the bank. Right. Because it's not very baby face of them to cash it in in the traditional manner. You know, you go back to the origins, Rob Van Dam call, you know, calling a shot, telling John Cena, I'm going to meet you here, there, when, where to challenge you. That was a very baby face thing to do, but yeah. also smart because he did it in an, he put him in an ECW environment for one night stand. So, you know, whatever. Uh, but otherwise, Money in the Bank is meant for heels. It's, mm-hmm. it's a license to steal. So, Theory, uh, no, theory, if he loses, it's not a problem. I mean, you still, I mean, you can't bury, he can't be squashed in a matter of minutes or seconds, but like, it's okay if he gets challenged and he can't answer the challenge of these faces and he still tries to cash in because that's what it's there for. Um, I guess it's, we're we're kind of in this place right now with theory of like, you know, he's, he's got. KO kind of challenged him. He's got Johnny Gargano kind of challenged. It's 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 kind of like I feel like we are in an internal with the new creative testing of is this a guy we want to go with or and they have you know you have the money to bank for a year so they have like nine months is this the guy we want to go with or do we need to like shop around a way to get out of this that's I feel like we're in the testing of the waters right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see how that plays out as we continue on. Something that is also kind of testing, damage control. 
Damage control comes out and they talk their talk. And Bianca's like, hey, I just want to fight you. Let's have a match. And Bailey says, no, not on Labor Day. Uh, but when she's ready to take the title, she has a couple of options. Justin, I love I love the slow approach they're taking Bailey and letting her know and letting her kind of pull the strings here of Bianca Belair. I think that these two have a great chemistry together. Uh, and I like that they're making us wait. Uh, what are your thoughts of this early rivalry as it's developing? No, you said it. It's it's just long term story. We don't need to rush this. We don't need to let's just let this play out. Um, let's let's let the people wait and pay to see these two women touch, you know, mm -hmm. so to speak. That's all it is, and it's just it's just simple storytelling, and it's easy to not easy, but it's it's there's avenues to do this when you have if you're trying to protect Bailey from having a one on one with Bianca, she's got two two lackeys. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it, this is wrestling 101. This, uh, I know, I'm gonna get. Uh, let's watch the comments tomorrow. I'm, I'm being paid yeah. by Triple H. Yes, yes. of course. Yeah. But it's, I, I am. Uh, hang on, he's, he's he's calling. Let me silence this. Uh, Sorry, uh, he was but, calling. It's yeah. it's just wrestling 101. Yeah, it's 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 all it's all it is. It's just that's that's all it is. Bailey versus Bianca is something to do at a bigger show later on. How mm -hmm. do we? buy time that, that that's all they're doing and it's 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 done well right now yeah uh jimmy any uh any extra takeaways from this segment here i felt like uh it was executed pretty much perfectly i mean obviously i always want more than that mm -hmm. but uh it, they gave me everything i probably should have gotten no absolutely and they're making you anticipate this match because now you want to see it happen and that's the whole idea when they say talking people into the seats or talking mm -hmm. people to to their to sit in front of their TVs or uh, buy whatever I guess premium live event or whatever. However, the services now here in Canada we don't have uh, we still have the WWE Network in Canada, so that's the way it works up here. Lucky. And so, you know what I mean? I, I think they're doing it right, and like Justin said, take your time. And I think I said this on here before. One thing Triple H I think is very good at is being able to blend old school with new school. And still use that that mentality from old school of take your time and kind of, you know, add some new school elements to it and still make you want to see it. Well, Jimmy talking about taking their time. Johnny Gargano has been around for uh, three <laughs> weeks now, but <laughs> his debut in the ring is next week. He tells a uh, theory of all people that uh, who do you want to see him face next week? And, and what are your what are your expectations of Johnny Gargano so far? No, I, I enjoy Johnny Gargano. I think he's a great talent and I think he's going to do wonderful on the main roster, especially with someone like Triple H uh, at the helm, uh, because he is pretty much a Triple H guy yeah, from, from NXT. So uh, I'd like to see him against Theory. That would be good. And, you know, and it goes to what we were talking about. You know, if you want someone uh, to be for lack of a better term, the fall guy for Johnny Gargano's return, so he can make a triumphant return, uh, I, not return, but debut on the main roster. Right. Why not him? And again, like Justin said, he's still got that money in the bank briefcase in his hand to fall back on. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't mind seeing that. And I yeah. know the match would be good. You know, uh, as Rey Mysterio gets older, I keep believing, Justin, that Johnny Gargano is the king of the underdogs, in my opinion. Do you think it's going to be... Uh, do you think he's going to have a successful run here on the main roster? I mean, obviously, we don't know who's facing first, but uh, if he was a stock, would you buy Johnny Gargano stock? I, I would buy stock, yeah. I mean, I, Johnny, I, I think that 
Johnny is a very unique case that uh, you can't have. There can only be one Johnny. You know, if 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 we if they try to have two or three or four others that are too similar to him, no. Johnny is not the biggest. Um, if you let him talk unscripted, he has his own voice, but he's not going to necessarily talk the most people in the building. But he has he has this uh, organic thing about him, uh, especially as an underdog, that you want to root for him. He has a he his idol is Shawn Michaels. He has that mid '90s Shawn in terms of when Shawn wasn't the biggest in the land of the giants. Sean had more charisma. Sean, the, as the sexy boy and, and the brash, just I'm better than everybody. You know, that's not Johnny. Johnny has a little something. If Johnny remains the only one who's cast as the guy who's going to be the underdog, I, I think there's something there. I don't know. I'm not going to say he's world champion in the next year or anything like that. But I think given what we're seeing with creative, I think that Johnny has a place to be successful on Raw or SmackDown um, as long as they don't. Again, as long as they let him own his casting role, as long as we don't try to have too many others that look or feel similar to him, if that makes sense. Um, right now, he is the only one. So, right now, it kind of looks like he might be the he might be the guy that that ultimately thwarts uh, Roman Austin. Reigns. Uh, well, well, no, no. Or, but he might be the guy that ultimately, you know, Austin Theory finally cashes in. The bell rings. The cash in is official. I could see Carcano being the guy who stops him. And now yeah. you have something there. Uh, I, I believe in Johnny. I, Johnny's not, again, he's not larger than life. I'll recognize that, but he does have a lot of talents um, that Triple H obviously sees. And again, if if we can highlight those, then, then yeah, we have something. There you go. Um, we got a couple super chats I want to get to because they have been very patiently waiting. First is from Steven, friend of the show. Suspension for Punk. Do you guys um, have any predictions on if there is a suspension? It um, would it would kind of make sense if you took a swing at one of the executive vice presidents of the company. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, you just it, I I could see it, but at the same time, uh, I, I, would it just add more fuel to the fire? Because it's been like we said the top the big topic of discussion. For the last couple of days now, and nobody's talking about the actual product. It, it, it may, again, uh, be the dominant conversation. Yeah, yeah I, I suspension just means you take them off TV. So now, now all of a sudden, your world championship has already been in peril for the summer mm -hmm. when Punk got legitimately injured. You had to go to the interim, and Mox is your interim. So you already had your world championship plans derail because of a legit thing. Now, if you suspend him, you're derailing your world championship because of a choice you're making off of a choice he made. I would almost say you don't just suspend him. Strip him. Well, you, yeah, you, you book a match where he loses the title. So you punish him by way of letting somehow, somehow giving a rub to somebody else. He wants to talk so much shit to Hangman Adam Page. You announce that Hangman Adam Page and, and, and CM Punk are going to have a match on Dynamite. Take advantage of all this and let let, let Page beat him. Oh, my goodness. Page, Page, beats him. <laughs> Page beats him. Now, Page is champion. That's the whole thing. Now, Punk and, and, and deal with Punk separately. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think that 
just suspending Punk while he's still champion does anything. You 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 need to send him. You also need to send a message to the locker room of like, I don't care if if my world champion is going to step out of line and, and do that. I don't care. We'll, 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 you have to do something to let the the boys know. Um. So I mean, <laughs> Jimmy, this Wednesday is going to be fascinating. Whatever we talk about, whatever happens Wednesday. <laughs> I know. So. I know. Yeah, there's not really any. Uh, you got to send a message of some kind, I would assume. You you can't just let it go unanswered completely. Um, but Ralph Bias has a big question for us here. Says, feels like they are experimenting with the commercial break structure. Hope they top load more in the first two hours and to go seamless during the main event on special occasions. Cheers, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Ralph. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. I never know if they're actually toying with it or it does feel like the commercials have been different if that makes sense uh over the past few weeks but uh have you guys noticed anything from the commercials no just that uh, before going to commercial they do a spot outside the ring it seems like every time it's during a match it's uh it's a spot outside the ring where they go to a commercial break and then when they come back from commercial they're back in the ring you know either in a hold or something yeah i mean they have to take five breaks an hour Mm -hmm. unless they get special permission for something other so it's just a matter of all. So in the, but that, it's five in an hour, so they can time it however they want. Mm-hmm. If they want to front load and have 25 minutes of action, they can do that. But then you have 35 minutes remaining that you got to get the breaks in. So it's mm-hmm. how you want to format it. All I know is I'm not seeing my that's metal in your lungs guy anymore. Mm-hmm. And not as much as I used to. Anyways, I don't know. Uh, we got uh, Ray Mysterio taking on Damian Priest, and um, they're going at it until Judgment Day shows up. Dom specifically uh, stops Ray from hitting the 619. Uh, Priest gets the win. Post match, uh, Rio lays out the challenge. Dom versus Edge next week. Um, I thought, Jimmy, this was a great way for them to have Dom versus Dom be the one that kind of is clashing with Ray and subtly push us in that direction. Cause clearly mm-hmm. Ray's doesn't want that, but this is kind of forcing his hand. No, absolutely. And again, it's taking their time with it. And uh, of course they laid out the challenge to edge who they hurt this week, took out his leg. And will he be at a hundred percent next week to face Ray? I'm sure that he will come out regardless, uh, uh, you know, whether he's uh still selling a little bit of the injury from tonight. Uh, And at the same time, this is an opportunity for, for Dominic to get a huge win, regardless of how they do it, whatever shenanigans they use, however despicable methods they use to get the win over edge and get and defeat him because edge would not be hurt by this in any form or fashion, but it would elevate Dom to a new level. And uh, the other thing I'm liking is it's almost like Rhea is his spokesperson. And mm-hmm. Rhea, Rhea's game is getting elevated at the same time as well. And uh, I, I, right now, I'm loving everything about this. Yeah. J- yeah. Go ahead, Justin. No, no, I'm sorry, Jack. I, I, I want to say just off of what Jimmy was saying here, uh, not so much about Dom, but the last couple of weeks, I, I have, I don't know if this is the intention, I have felt like, man, Rhea. I associate Rhea as kind of like the leader right now. Mm-hmm. And man, what a compliment that is um, to a woman in a stable uh, uh, full of men otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and that's good. Um, 
And just, you know, we, we, we've seen her manhandle Tom when he was the face. And now that, again, she's there, like, I'm going to turn Dom into, like, there's just something there. I'm not trying to get perverted about it, but mm-hmm. there's just something there of, like, mm-hmm. of dominance of, like, little boy, I'm going to turn, I'm, I'm going to turn you into a, a man. I don't know. There's something there, I mean, but that's, I'm, that's what I'm, they're they're definitely yeah. leaning into that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, but I'm intrigued by it. I, and, but, 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 or, uh, you know, Dom, I, I, she, he looks a little nervous. I need to see more comfort in him. But Rhea, she, I'm feeling it. Finally, it feels like Rhea, everything's coming together. I was going to say, because I agree 100%. I was going to say, it's interesting that not long ago, we were all saying she looks so uncomfortable and like she's reading cue cards and mm-hmm. um, doesn't have a voice. And now it's just like every time she's on the microphone, you're right into her being the leader. I think it's clear and important that we say that she seems like the leader of Judgment Day, not like the valet of Judgment Day. Uh, yeah. She is the she's the mm-hmm. boss of them. Her uh, mind is leading their mm-hmm. actions. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so just really cool to see that. So that group, at least for me, has had an incredible turnaround because mm-hmm. it was definitely on life support for me. I was like, I don't know about Judgment Day anymore. But Rhea and I think Rhea primarily is the one that turned it around mm-hmm. for me into making mm-hmm. like, OK, this is a cool group again. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, two quick things to get to before we wrap up the show. Rollins and Riddle. Uh, Riddle wants a rematch. Rollins does not. Justin, I'm pretty sure we're getting a rematch. Uh, do you want to see it? I mean, I do. I like both these guys. Uh, I do because the way that the Clash of the Castle ended, um, Rollins got the win, which that did surprise me. And then Rollins really kind of just, you know, kind of bidding him goodbye. I'm past you. I'm above you now. Um, you know, baby faces on Raw, considering that the champion, the one universal world champion is reigns and he is primarily smackdown property um it makes me watch who the up-and-comers are on raw uh ko is there obviously um lashley's there but he's the highest ranking title holders we'll talk about in a second here with the u.s title so um I- i'm curious like what, what what's the plan for riddle mm-hmm. uh, so i you know yeah i'm into it i, I still believe in riddle so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I-, I i like it um Jimmy, I guess the difference this time around is it felt like uh, Rollins was a little bit of an instigator before, where now it's Riddle fighting for the rematch. Right, right. Now, and and as he should, like a good babyface should, he didn't like the way he lost, and he wants to he wants his retribution, his 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 revenge, so to speak. And I and if they do have a rematch, um, I'm just curious if they'll add some kind of little. I don't. I'm not saying like a cage or anything like that, but. Is there, uh, this is their one final time that they're going to meet and, uh, you know, yeah, or, or something like this. But uh, yeah, I am, again, looking forward to it. I thought the uh, leading up to this match was, it was incredible the way they did it with that, uh, the promo segment leading into the, the match at Cash, Ca- uh, Clash at the Castle. But yeah, uh, um, I'm curious to see now what they do next to get me invested in their next match. And I know these mm-hmm. two guys can do it. Yeah, that'll be fun to see. We get to the main event, Miz versus Bobby Lashley. Throughout the whole show, Miz doesn't want to talk about Dexter Loomis, and everyone keeps bugging him about it. And uh, we didn't get Kevin Patrick today, did we? My my buddy Kevin Patrick, I don't think, was on. any case, uh, I don't know why I'm always looking out for Kevin Patrick. Uh, We found a flipped-over car, and we're still figuring out 
who did all the different shenanigans and things like that uh, backstage. Uh, we don't know who did that yet, but we get the cage match. Uh, Miz and Champa jump Lashley and they're double teaming him uh, up until the end when Miz is about to get out. But Dexter shows up from underneath the ring and Miz freaks out. He loses and then gets choked out while pet by Dexter. Uh, Justin, uh, a lot of stuff uh, happening here. Uh, why are we all cheering for a stalker? Because the Miz is a great heel. You have no, you have no, you have no, you have no reason to feel sorry for the Miz. Here's this guy who constantly rubs it in your face how great he is, how great his wife is. I mean, you know, it's kind of like if you're going to introduce Dexter Loomis to the 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 Raw or SmackDown crowd, the Dexter Loomis that was in NXT, the Miz is kind of the if and if you want Dexter Loomis to be a face, the Miz is the perfect guy. The Miz is just he's the one guy that everybody can hate. Everybody can relate and find one reason to hate the guy, mm -hmm. um, and he plays it so well. And he's reliable and he's consistent. He's he's yeah. always he's durable. He's always healthy. He always does business. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know where they're going. I, I don't. So I'm kind of intrigued. I don't know what the point is here. But yeah, uh, you don't feel sorry for the Miz <laughs> being stalked. You just don't. Mm -hmm. I was I was just thinking about like if you were explaining this to someone who doesn't watch wrestling like yeah this guy he sneaks into the back of his car always <laughs> shows up where he doesn't want him to be kidnapped him he's great you'd be mm -hmm. like that sounds like a horrible person what they should be arrested uh, mm -hmm. so it's funny it just it, it it tickles me to think that we all love him uh, mm -hmm. but Justin made a great point Jimmy that mm -hmm. I miss I think we need to start recognizing we I feel like this show is pretty good about trying to recognize the Miz but. He's so hated that even though this person is illegally stalking him and kidnapping him, we're like, yeah, I like that guy. Right. And it speaks huge volumes, like Justin said, to the great work that The Miz is doing as a heel and is watching someone from uh, as someone who has watched The Miz from day one. Uh, it, it, it's amazing to see him turn into this legit heel and getting legit heel heat, especially in today's world where it is so difficult to do, where, you know, people, we know the, the nature of professional wrestling, mm -hmm. that it is, uh, quote unquote, scripted entertainment. At the same time, Miz, again, is a, someone who's taking it and he's making you not like him. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and which is uh, not easy to do in today's day and age where people go, you know what? That guy's a great heel. I like him. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Even though he's worked so hard to get where he is, we all hate him. Uh, right. Justin, who do you think should be Lashley's next big, like premium live event opponent? Because it feels like he's kind of cleaned out the roster. Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I mean, Lashley's a face, so you're looking for a heel. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. That's a great question. I, I don't know, and. That sucks that I can't answer that because there's been a consistent effort in the last month to make the U.S. and IC titles matter more. Mm -hmm. You know, the U.S. Mm -hmm. title main events tonight. So um, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of heels up and coming. I guess for Lashley, who's on Raw, mm -hmm. you know, theory wouldn't be. I, I don't know. Okay. I, yeah, I really, I I'm, I'm kind of stumped on that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, but I don't I don't know either. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, like you can make an argument right now that uh, Seth Rollins. But he's it just doesn't seem like he's finished with Riddle yet. But but I mean, I guess. Well, to that, Jimmy, if you if you did, if, if if Seth all of a sudden said. I beat Riddle done that. I want Bobby Lashley. That would enhance the U.S. title. Mm-hmm. Uh, for as long as we're going to have one world world champion over these two brands and Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. if that did happen, that would at least, you know, in perspective, let me think of the U.S. title was again a, a bigger deal. If if, if Seth said I'm going to go after that, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know who else would. I mean, because I'm I'm yeah. trying to think of the heels that they have in line and. Mm-hmm. There's just nobody really there. Yeah. yeah. It feels like Seth Rollins, but yeah, he's tied up. So I don't know. Right. I don't right. know where that would be, but we do have a couple before we wrap up a couple of chats. Dylan Matthews in the chat says, can't wait for Dom to change his name to Guerrero. That oh. is- they were chanting tonight. I, I'm yeah. your poppy. They your poppy. <laughs> I love it. Wrestling fans have a good memory for certain history. I love it. Uh, mm. And Kelvin says Rollins versus Riddle in the fight pit. Oh, I remember that thing. Mm. Um, I feel like if I was Seth Rollins, I would never want to get in the fight pit. Like that right. plays his opponent's strength. Exactly. Yeah. It should be a, a kooky wardrobe match. Oh. Um, I don't know. That's yeah. why I'm not on the booking committee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's that's kind of the show. Um, yeah. I felt like this show, this episode it wasn't bad, but it felt very uneventful. Maybe just cause I was still kind of seeing all these news and notes from a media scrum the night before <laughs> I was kind yeah. of expecting a bigger day, but then I also realized, Oh yeah, it's a holiday. So probably not going to be a big show anyways. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people are coming back in from Cardiff and all this other stuff. So right. probably shouldn't have expected a big uh, show, but to me it felt eh, kind of, kind of bland. what did you guys think? No. I, so, oh, sorry, Justin. No, Jimmy, good, good. No, no. I what I liked about the show is they they're giving everything time to develop. They're giving the matches time to tell stories on TV and 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 get people over, even the ones that aren't going over. I think that they're doing a good job of of, of putting great matches on, especially tonight. I you know, uh, I thought the Kevin Owens uh, match, Austin Theory match was was really good, and uh, obviously Ray and and Priest. Uh, a lot of good matches and, and we're seeing a lot of it. And like I said, they're taking their time with everything instead of trying to rush for everything. Yes. It's a three hour show. I get it. They have a lot of time to fill, but they're, I think they're utilizing that time wisely now. Yeah. Uh, Justin, any, 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 uh, Labar day thoughts for, uh, for the raw? No, like what Jimmy said, yeah. <laughs> three hours. That's fine for a pay-per-view or a premium live event. It's not, ideal for a weekly show but they're making it work the best they can right now um so kudos to them um the thing i'm watching is that you know we just had you know the clash of the castle uh, the next thing i guess is um extreme rules i say they have extreme rules i think they have a salty show and then survivor series so i guess that, that my watch is uh the pacing of what they Built, to, you know, we know the Saudi shows are very always marquee heavy, you know. So if um, you know, if well, they gold, have been. It'll be this will be Triple H's first, so right? Maybe, uh, if, would, very fair point. So 
if Vince is truly out of the picture, which all signs point that he is, and he had been somebody who had been in the at the at the negotiation table, mm-hmm. that will be interesting. You're right. Um, is it still the same? Do we do we trot out marquee guys like a Goldberg? Do we? Yeah, I just get right. It, what's that going to be? So, mm-hmm. I'll be watching the pacing of what are they building. You know, we already have Dom versus Edge next week on Raw, which, if they wanted to, that could have been a pay per view match or mm-hmm. a premium live event match. But mm-hmm. they're doing it next week on Raw. So, I'm going to watch how what the pacing is. What are we building to? Certainly, Survivor Series looks like it could be something of more relevance than it ever has been in recent mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Again, Triple H bringing back an old school mentality. Um, you look at the bloodline with Roman, the Usos, and and the, and the newest, you know, there's a lot of Survivor Series, uh, you know, Judgment Day. There's a lot of factions that are forming that make Survivor Series seem interesting mm-hmm. if they're stipulations. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just kind of watching the pacing to see what week to week we're building to with the different milestones we have to uh, satisfy. Yeah, this this is where things with uh, Triple H being in charge will get interesting because now the mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say the honeymoon's over, but I mean that and the the initial pay per view run is over. Now we're going to see how things continue to build. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. We did get a super chat uh, from Ralph the Ace saying Monday Night Raw feels fun again. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I think for the weekly shows, it's my favorite weekly show in wrestling mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and the other thing too is that we have to remember what that it's a benefit for Triple H is that. Uh, and his interview with Ariel Hawani was was great. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, Vince, Vince headed up creative. Vince headed up marketing. Vince headed up global distribution. Like Vince was the buck stops here for all things. It seems like in the new era, without Vince, that's not the case. Triple H has the content, so basically, create. He's the booker. Mm-hmm. But Nick Khan is helping take care with his president role, taking care of what he might take care of with, you know, global partnerships, you know, and Stephanie with her. You know, it, it, what it seems like is that Triple H is not being tasked to fill Vince's shoes, which Vince did crazy things and, and, and work 20 hours a day. That's good. Triple H is being asked to do what he's good with, which is creative right. and talent, which is what he knows. But other people in the boardroom will do other things. That's what my hope is, is that it won't be a case of where everybody talk about how Vince just worked this crazy schedule and had his hand in everything. It won't be that. Triple H is the content guy. He's going to book the shows. It's going to be the best book shows because he won't be worrying about global distribution because the Stephanie will be doing that over here. Mm-hmm. That's the hope here is that the, the delegation process has been figured out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It does feel like we haven't heard much from old Nick Khan since all this shook out. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe because he's now focused on his thing instead of mm-hmm. everything else. Right. I don't know. I have no idea. But that's the show. Uh, that Bring does- back Jimmy Corderas, referee consultant. Ooh. Yes. Head, head <laughs> vice Trust- president, executive vice president of refereeing duties. There's a, there's a few things I'd like to talk to the referees there about. I don't want to get into it now, but... Uh, Let's just say it has to do with counting. Let's just put it that way. If you're going to be an EVP, though, you got to pick fights backstage at scrums, Jimmy. That's the mm-hmm. rules. Oh, that's true. That's, that's true. The, that's the rule. Uh, I, I refuse to throw chairs, though. That's, yeah, I hear more class fight. You throw ring bells. There you um, go. 
Thank you to everyone who's joined us. Uh, Ricky, uh, Forgotten MMA, Adam, Joseph Boza. I do what I want, baby ice. Uh, we also got Sergio, Bernie, uh, and Peter, and Sean, and Dream Realm Studios, and Dylan. Thank you guys all so much. Uh, Justin, where can the world find you and all the stuff you're working on? At Justin Labar here on Monday nights, here on Wednesday nights with Jimmy after uh, Dynamite here on, uh, well, not here, but on uh, Sirius XM on Friday morning with uh, Busted Open Radio. So just follow me on Twitter, all the things, all the links. And the Corduroy King, Jimmy Corderas, where can we find you? Uh, just like Justin said, here on Monday nights with you guys, Triple J back at it. And then on Wednesday nights with Issa and uh and Justin, uh, talking a little AEW Dynamite, you can find me on my social media pages Monday through Friday, except for today because it was a holiday Monday, uh, doing my ref and rants and, you know, trying not to get too much, uh, become a Canadian heat magnet, so to speak. But, uh, you know, it happens sometimes, especially when I critique uh, AEW and I apparently I'm on Vince's payroll. See, Justin gets paid by Triple H. I, I apparently get, you know, paid by Vince directly, so. You guys are both doing better than I am. Yeah, it was just, I mean, the, the directed pause gets routed from different accounts. So. <laughs> well, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. That does it for us. Follow at Wrestling Inc. and be here tomorrow for the post NXT 2.0 slash NXT UK. I still believe in you, NXT UK. Goodbye. That does it for us. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>